0: Screen Directors Guild of Ireland presents Directors in Dialogue with Frank Berry in conversation with fellow director Ken
1: Wardrop on his recent documentary, Ballymun Ruff I, I guess the obvious uh, question to start on is how did the project come about? I mean, the,
2: yeah, that's... well, I, it came from community videos that I've been doing for years. I've, I've done a lot of community videos you know, for community initiatives, charities, and uh, I've done about... I've probably done about 20 of them over the, over the years. I made a community video for the Ballyman Music Programme in 2003, and that's when I first met Ron. So I would film little bits and pieces for them over the years. I kind of became friends with them a little bit, you know, or, or friendly with them, you know, and he, he'd, he'd find it easy to ring me up and, and ask me to record an event for them or whatever, you know. So in February 2009, I went out, and I hadn't been there in, in, in a long time, the, they had built a new uh, facility, the music room, as part of Ballymen regeneration for Ron's music program. Archbishop Desmond Tutu was there, and President Mary McAleese. And I was re- first of all, I was taken by how how much the area had changed over over since I'd been there last. But secondly, I was uh, really kind of taken with uh, Ron's music program and how successful it, it had been. Everybody seemed to want to help him, You know, there was this sense of of uh, pushing open doors, whatever however big he was he he wanted the project to be it seemed to be getting bigger quite i mean it was in all the schools in Ballymun for example you know it was proving to be a real success so i thought well this new music facility this new music room is fascinating you know uh, what, you're, what 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 was going on here so i first of all i thought that well first of all i was inspired to go right with well, if if i'm going to make a, a bigger film this was this is the subject matter i you know um that i would like to pursue and uh, I met Ron for a coffee, and I, I initially pitched him an idea, something like a year in the life of the music room, you know, something like that. His new facility, and we'll mm-hmm. sp- spend a time, some time there watching watching him work. And then um, he said to me, "Well, if this, I don't know if this is any interest to you, Frank, but uh, we've just started working with a composer on a collection of music that might interest you." And I said, "Well, it certainly does, you know." So just, that's when it started. I just started following that process, you know. So,
1: so you're, where did this come from? That this need to make a bigger film.
2: Uh, well, if just been in it's always been there. Okay. Always been there, and I would. I mean, I've been trying to get things made for years. So, you know, I, I had a TV series that I co-wrote and co-directed called Teenage Kicks. It was out in two thousand and six, and I developed a screenplay with the Arts Film Board and the BBC Writers Room, and. Um, I made a no-budget TV drama years ago and I've been kind of um, working away. But behind all of this, I've been doing these community videos and they're the most rewarding and the most enjoyable. So looking back on it now with a bit of context, it's no surprise to me that my first, uh, I suppose you could say, uh, feature or cinema release, whatever, has come from this process because it's just the one I enjoy the most. I think maybe it takes a bit of time to find your feet, maybe, or, you know? Uh, So okay, so you decided to 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 make a
1: feature documentary so up front you thought this was a good enough idea to 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 be a feature doc.
2: well no it, n- not 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 really uh, it, it wasn 't like one day... I just, uh, I, it, it was like um, the film almost dawned, uh, presented itself to me really you know I, I i i saw it as a feature or i saw it as a bigger film i saw it as a big film when when when, when i met ron you know and, and uh Yeah, I mean, so, you know, from the very beginning, uh, well, initially we were, myself and Joanne O'Hagan, the executive producer, were thinking about it being an hour-long television piece. And then we couldn't get funding for it. And so I kind of, uh, as soon as that happened, I kind of felt a little liberated, to be honest, you know. All of a sudden I I kind of got in, in touch with what I really wanted it to be. And all of a sudden that little rectangle in in Final Cut Pro became a cinema screen, you know, as opposed to a TV screen, and, and that was enjoyable, you know. And, and then, from then, we, we, we had no funding for the whole production of the, of the film. It was... Uh, I just um, liked the freedom of, of uh, going, right, well, I'm going to... I, I love this subject matter. I absolutely uh, uh, want to um, make this the way I, I, I want to make it, and we just... I didn't need any money. Mm. And but you had, you had
1: loads of camera people. And well, no,
2: we had, we had, um, we had with uh, me and my my friend, Kevin Duffy. I I teach part time, and that paid the bills and uh, helped pay the bills. So we, we I mean, it wasn't easy, but we we man- And Kevin also teaches in in DIT, and we just took it step by step, and it was very kind of empowering to just. Me, Kevin, and, and the camera, you know, to go out to Ballymun and to and to just to make it as we wanted to make it, you know. So it
1: was a labour of love.
2: It, it, it was, yeah, it, it, it was a labour of love. We didn't, we weren't able to. If it was fully funded, maybe we could have spent day after day out there, you know. We, but you know, I still. The most important thing to me was to capture the kind of, uh, the capture Ron, I suppose, and what he was doing, mm. to capture the process of, of creating music and to capture um the and as the as the film went on it started to change a little bit because as the music was being written the composer asked the young people what what would you like to write this about and they said well we'd like to write about the old ballymun and the new ballymun you know and then it started to become a little bit broader the film i became really interested in in this and uh I started researching archive footage and I thought, well, the film should reflect the music, you know. It should be a film about Ballymun, about what their young people are writing about. I got some wonderful archive footage. The best archive footage I got was actually in Ballymun itself, oh, really you know, so. yeah, from, from Ballymun Communications uh, in, in the Axis. And he's been recording local events for years. And, and then I went in and did a lot of research in RTE and I discovered... The more I researched it, the more I saw how Ballymun was, pre- was represented over the years time and again in the same way. It's just what happened, you know, after the area was kind of uh, built and uh, after it was really left to its own devices. There was no subsequent support after it was built and a lot of problems presented themselves early on and, and so it became known as an area of disadvantage very early on and this became a symbol in the media. For disadvantage the towers and and this this had a, a I and mean, it's very easy to see once you look at all the archive footage in uh, in Orchie, how, how the area is presented you know time and time again in this in, in a very s- similar manner and you know it was uh, but did you set out to counter that I mean that well I, I see the, well that's a good question because um, what I was what I was seeing out in Ballymun and what I was feeling uh, more importantly uh, out there I didn't feel afraid or anything like that and. Uh, was contrary to that, you know, and I, I didn't want to take on. It was quite a big thing to take on, you know, mm. changing the perception of a whole area. You know, it was quite daunting, you know. Yeah. So I thought I'd just kind of, kind of let the music do that and present the way Ballymun has been, uh, has been presented. You know, we mm. see the sad thing about it is 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 that after a while, the, the the some some young people or some people in Ballymun start to start to believe the perception. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're from a shit place, you know. Mm. But the what what, what I was feeling out there was admiration and, and i was feeling that uh, that i don't know how 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 it sounds to say this but kind of comfortable because everybody just looks you in the eye and is as they says what they mean
1: and yes you know, I mean? uh, uh,
2: yeah. You know? Uh,
1: but yeah as a community they can be quite close off to cameras i've heard uh, i've had an experience where i also heard mm-hmm. from other directors that they can be very dubious of Uh, you know, because they have been exploited and and manipulated uh, Mm -hmm. and taken
2: advantage of. Did you experience that as you? Um, I did a little bit, but it was quite a focused film in that I was just following certain characters. And as long as I gained their trust, I felt that wherever I went, there was a little bit of scepticism around us. Or cynicism, I should say, Mm -hmm. probably a better word. But didn't inhib- It didn't. It didn't uh, disrupt any any filming,
1: you know. I, I was just curious about the three characters, Darren and Wayne and and Tyre that you chose to um, to follow as as well as Ron. But why? Why? I mean, there's obvious reason why I pick them. But you chose the older kids as opposed to the younger kids that mm. perhaps may have sort of been the cute factor and the singing and all this. Uh, can you explain how you kind of got them involved? And
2: yeah. Yeah. Um I don't really think... I didn't cast in any way. There was no, there was no like... I, didn't really, I don't even remember making too much of a conscious decision about any of it. It was all kind of instinctual and it just we just went w- w- with how it was going. You know, I, I was um, drawn to certain characters and I didn't sit down with them and go, would you like to be in this film? It's, it involves X, Y, Z. I just kind of started filming them and got to know them. And I was drawn to Tara because I felt that, uh, first of all, all three of them Want that pushed about being in the film, which I think is a is a good thing, you know. And th- so there was no no performance in front of the cameras. I had to do all the work to 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 to, to, to the, the, you know the film is in my hands to try and get to know them and to try and and my instinct with all three of them was that there was some great great outlook on life in uh, you know in there and particularly uh, with Tara because she was the, the probably the quietest and but some of the things she said I just uh, felt that she you know uh, i i felt that she had some great things to say some great things to offer you know so a great a great a really kind of savvy kind of outlook so it was more like an organic thing where I just was drawn to them rather than like any kind of anything other than that wayne was um was a an obvious choice because he he had a purpose in that he was the very first person as in, as it says in the film to inspire on to to oh, do yes, this yes, yes, so I kind of said yes. right well and then when, when I met Wayne I met him in the in, when did I meet him first no actually I met him first when he was 12 when I did the community video but mm-hmm. I met him as an adult um, in the music room uh, again he wasn't that pushed and he was kind of he was but I thought it was interesting that he was doing he, he wasn't playing the saxophone anymore he was pursuing music and he'd been in the, on the X Factor and he, he'd uh, I mean the environment we were in had abs- it was a world a world apart from, from celebrity and and that it's all it's all about the value of, of the moment and and the value of music and how it makes you feel whereas you know uh, Wayne had gone had had had, uh, and, uh, had gone off and on this other road and I just kind of that intrigued me i suppose so um it made sense to have him in the film in, in, in on a on a historical practical level but i was also interested in in exploring that you know yeah. and uh, cuz i don't think uh, like Ta- tara's uh, outlook is so pragmatic you know I want to be a music teacher and give back to the community I mean Ron has obviously
1: inspired them all in that you know you can see his influence across the board were you ever tempted throughout the filming that you would make it just Ron's story because he's such a strong character and you know charming and funny
2: and I mean had you thought did you have
1: enough material perhaps to take that
2: way loads of material yeah I did feel that uh, as we were as we were filming I didn't really know this at the beginning. I knew what the work he was doing, but I didn't realise he was going to be so good on camera. Yeah,
1: he's...
2: You know, I, I really didn't. And that was a surprise. But I was never really... And I, I have lo- lots and lots of, of, of wonderful moments with him that, that, that didn't make it into the film. You know, you don't really know until you start editing, you know, um, how much are you going to weigh things or... Balance it. Ba- balance, yeah, yeah how, how are you going to balance the film? But I, I mean, the thing is, you edited it yourself, which is very... <laughs>
1: Uh, it's a tough it's a tough game if you've mm. been out shooting and you become so influenced perhaps. I'm just thinking mm. like even to yeah. the fact that you spend so much time with these kids and then when you go to sit down and edit them, you're a bit, pr- you know, you mm. want to include them almost mm. and it's a dangerous... It's, kind of dangerous isn't it to be Yes. You know, yes. when you have so many uh, influences and yes. with your background in community and making sure you're taking care of of everybody in the edit mm. but you're at a different game with a with a feature doc mm. uh, so d- did you feel that
2: in the edit a certain um, need to kind of I'll tell you my memory of, of primary memory of the edit was that I wanted it to be a good film and I would uh, uh, do a, rough, uh, do a rough kind of, like you would a screenplay with cards, i do a rough kind of plan of, 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 of the film. I, I would take it, I would, I would do a scene and then I would keep going and I would go, this is holding, this is, yes, I'm, I, I like this, this is, this is still, this is not dipping yet. And, and I would try and find the, the, these edits that, that, would, that would basically just um, uh, uh, excite me. And then an interesting thing happened in the edit was that about 20 minutes in I cut back to Archive and that's when the film kind of became clear to me about what, it would, what the film would be, you know, or how, how the, how, what form the film would take. And um, that was very satisfying. And it wasn't a kind of a, an, an academic or a uh, uh, it wasn't a kind of a, any it was a feeling, it wasn't a literal thought, it was a feeling. And then I, I, and I, I thought, well I know where this is this is now a sequence about how Ballymun is being perceived.
3: Mm.
2: And this fits beautifully and and that's really how, you know, do you know what I, yeah, what no, I mean? And, and, and yeah, no, absolutely. It gave you a purpose in the, each... Yeah, month. yeah. I mean, I knew there was, because st- I'd followed specifically stories, three stories, and I knew in the edit that there was three, the three characters had an arc, and I knew that Ron, the arc of Ron's story was very much about bringing the music out into the world, and I, so I knew I had that, you know. Yeah. But it was only in the edit that's the context and a lot of the kind of commun- the depth of the community and the, the relevance of... Of the um, the music, uh, kind of came out, you know. G- 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 please feel free to <laughs> ask How questions. Did
3: it take to shoot
2: I started filming in February two thousand and nine, and then finished. Well, actually, uh, finished in probably September last year, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was on and off for quite a period.
1: Mm-hmm. What was the most enjoyable part of it from your perspective because you've had your hand in some all the pots. I'm sure yeah, it's not yeah. this side of it. Is yeah. it <laughs> you No. Know,
2: the most important I uh, the, the most enjoyable part I think was was the filming of it, you know. Yeah. I think and we 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 tried as much as we could to capture life, you know. We did these really long takes of the, of of the choir, you know, during the musical sequences, which is why you know we would commit to a certain a certain um part of the room and we'd say uh, you know stay there you know for the yeah. whole song you know hence the the shot of the girl the girl I and she'd look around and yeah. I was trying to know. work that
1: out because I thought is this are you worried about getting sign off on everybody Yeah, or? yeah. but it works so well because yeah, yeah it was about so, yeah because you're y- going with her sorry
2: y- yeah because you you, you can't you, you you can't predict anything like that and And uh, instead of kind of chasing around around the room, you just kind of commit, you know. And this was kind of the style that we took as much as we could. Even in the cutaways, we did some of those kind of live-action photograph-type cutaways that we just filmed for 20 minutes, half an hour more sometimes. And we'd have a nice frame and we'd wait for something in life to come in just to like a, you know like yeah, the yeah. being the woman walking through the right place yes. and all all of these things. And, and the two old ladies it was yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so, so that so and so I, I, I'd kind of um, I'd rush home and of a look at these a that was these a that that was that was see that you know it was just to to see that idea kind of come come to life and capture capture things is probably the most enjoyable part. Yeah. You
1: also used a lot of interviews as the characters walk around. I mm. mean uh, they appear to be always walking. You know when you're just yes. why did you do that? I mean
2: well, first of all, I did interview them all in the studio. Okay. At, at points at points and um, I felt that they were all they were uh, I didn't feel that the interviews were um they were relaxed in the interviews. So I tried something else. I just tried it. Yeah. I just started, let's walk and talk and see how that yeah. is. And it was so much better. Yeah. And also there was the the um, byproduct of that, which is that we're actually showing the new Ballymon and the old Ballymun, you know, which is the... the. Uh, and I thought that worked really well, rather than having to cut away to the place. Yes. You were actually in the place the whole time. Yes. So, the so yeah. worked really well. Oh, great, great. Yeah. Um, I th- because you, they're not looking at the camera, so I, I, I was a little worried about that at times mm. because they're not looking. We're not looking into their eyes, you know. Mm. But and um, yeah,
1: I think you freed them up really well. Yeah, I, you yeah. know. Uh, as you say, once you put someone down in front, of them, they all become so paranoid. About it. But it yeah. just freed them. It freed but them, you yeah. chose to film some people in the studio, like Glenn Hansers. <laughs> and when did this? When did this decision? Was this an afterthought? Once you had your footage, you're like, okay, let's make this about the, you know. Now it was actually,
2: yeah, it's interesting. It was actually, it was actually during. I was. I was interviewing uh, a lot in the studio, and I think I was using it as research because I really needed to know everything, you know. And Father McFerry was was great for that, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I would bring people in, and as soon as I got a sense that this is going to be more than just Ron and the music, it's going to be about Barrymore, I was getting people in. There was so, and I interviewed Ron in the studio as well, and there was a cut of the film without any interviews, and it went in towards the end of the edit. And I, I made a, a. It's one of those great moments where, where you, it kind of clicks, you know, and the idea of using people that weren't directly related to the story to give us context. Yeah. And it really helped, helped the film. It really, particularly Father McFerry, uh, it just was the final piece, really, you know. Uh, I interviewed uh, Glen Hansard in December 2009. Okay, Backstage suspicious. at a Vicar Street gig, actually, we just had the same colour wall as the studio. You never—I hope you never know, would you? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That okay. was yeah, and it was only supposed to be ten minutes, but we were talking for forty-five you minutes. Work. So uh, it was. That um, was when you came to
1: edit. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, that was a huge thing. I had to transcribe all the, um,
3: oh all the, all
2: the interviews, and there was something like a hundred and ten pages of transcription but wow. it was a brilliant Such process crazy. though because it all went in to my brain you know yeah. every word of it was in there and i and i knew it's like once you're um, in the edit suite you, you it's you've absorbed everything you know all the footage and all the interviews and you're kind of empowered then to to really bring out uh, the best in it or or to 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 make something with your fingerprints on it that you've kind of Mm, mm. You, 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 do you know what I mean? You can. You, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So when you, you do. do right. that, I well.
3: Had your film ready, sir. Can't okay. uh, you didn't get funding. You said. So, what did you do with them?
2: Well, to we brought it? it. We brought it to the to the film board. Uh, we brought sequences to, to to the film board, and and uh, Alan Marr uh, really responded well. He was uh, very supportive, and. I showed him the opening sequence and he was very encouraged by that and that was all very encouraging in the edit and then we had the idea that the only place this can this can um, premiere is Dublin, obviously, you know, and so we said, right, we'll try and get it ready for Dublin, you know. Joanne and... Uh, I mean, see, the thing about editing it myself was that I had really, really good comments from people, from Joanne, from Alamar, really helpful, genuinely helpful, mm. uh, uh, brutal uh, feedback that you need and that... Um, and my wife as well, Donna, who was just the, probably the most brutal. You know, she didn't yeah. flower anything up for me at all. She's just not, not working. So that, that was, you know. So, that had was, the, the,
1: so had the film board committed at this stage, did they commit to some sort of, uh, what, what's the quote, the finishing fund? Yeah, uh, yeah, completion funding. Oh, completion funding.
2: Um, it was kind of a, it was a bit protracted. We were given a very strong indication, but then the budget came out and it was all up in the air whether the film board would be. Still around, okay. even you know. Remember yeah, all yeah. that, you know, yeah. in late uh, 2010, you know. Right. Yeah. And then uh, it was confirmed. I think about actually just before Christmas it was confirmed that the, the funding. And Great. so we were. We had a, pretty much had a had a had a rough cut done by then, and our eye on the festival on on the February screening. And, and so this afforded you the opportunity to to, to finish it quicker. It, yeah. Exactly. Right? It went. It went straight into. Into uh, hi, it, went, it went straight into um, uh, into uh, grading and sound Eugene, mixing Eugene. and all that with Eugene, yeah, yeah what a gem, yeah, it did great job.
1: So, uh, tell us a bit about its life since like okay. Dublin, obviously, got a great reception, so
2: yeah, where,
1: yeah, where are we sitting? And then I'll go back to the music because we kind of not talked yeah. about the music,
2: sure, first. sure. Well, first of all, it uh, screened in Dublin, I got a great response in Dublin and then uh, it's screened next in uh, Galway and I got a really great response in Galway then it uh, won the Director's Finders Award and uh, uh, we went to and
0: one of as well yeah? Yeah,
2: and uh, we, went to, uh, we went to LA with it uh, in September which was incredible, absolutely incredible experience had a huge boost to me and to the film uh, that was, uh, I mean, I don't know where to start with that. Can that was just such a mammoth experience. It was wonderful. It was, it was. Uh, you know, I did a lot of research. Um, we had a number of conversations. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and I spoke to other pre- previous winners. Uh, Ian Power was was really helpful, and so was Tom Collins. But I went over with with, with I, I, I suppose limited expectations because it's a documentary. But the place was the the screening in l a was packed you know and thanks to to everybody who, who who worked so hard um on that and there was a lot of distributors and agents and and a lot of the art community as well came along from 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 l a The screening was great, it went down really well there 's a lot of stories, but I suppose we don 't have you know, don 't have the time to go into so, it now but
1: and then you had this uh big premiere over in new York recently
2: yes, yeah, yes, and they went from there to um, i met i met um, uh, the head of the uh, International Documentary Association, IDA, yep. um, Michael Lupkin, and uh, over in LA, and I gave him a copy of the film. A few weeks later, the film got invited by Tom Powers over to Doc NYC. I'm not 100% on on the connections there that happened, but I got Congrats. invited to this great festival. Uh, so yeah, so in in uh, uh, early November we went over. It was only one one of four international documentaries in this festival. Uh, it was another. It was another great screening, and then straight after that, it screened in in Cork. To uh, it was a re- again a very memorable screening. <laughs> it was quite a, quite a year I've yeah. had, you know, and uh, I and mean, all these great screenings, you know, and and then after that, we screened in in um, in Ballymun oh, great. In, in the axis, which was the, the the real the real you know icing Showcase, on the cake. a really. tough one. Yeah, yeah that was obviously. great. Yeah.
1: And so I just want to backtrack a bit to the music then that was in the film. Uh, What's happened to... Is this another Lisa Life for us? I know we... The album didn't. It obviously didn't make number one. No, no, no <laughs> I would it didn't. Remember it. <laughs> no, but no, it was great. And just I like it. it's a beautiful it's yeah, a it song, is. isn't it? That single track or whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, will it get another Lisa Life, this Um Well,
2: uh, uh, the well, the the the, the um. Uh, someone asked me. I think it was in in New York. What's next for the the mm. Music Program? What's the next release? You know, and I was like, well, the next thing really is the film. You know, yeah, is, yeah. is the film bringing the music to, to an audience you know and uh, there's a lot of people talking about the music and it's getting the exposure I think that maybe it didn't get the first time around you know
1: I would have thought so and it, it really deserves it because that you know mm-hmm. it's. I would have thought it will have another life are yes. the they radio stations picking up on it in like when you because are you doing a little bit of promo now? On
2: yes, yes. Um, I'm doing, uh, doing. Yeah, because it's been it's getting a cinema release yeah. on Friday, so yeah. um, I'm doing. Uh, so I'm, I'm um, uh, it it, it they, they don't have the funds to do a proper re-release, you know. Okay. That but, but that's the that's the reality of it. So we're hoping that the 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 uh I mean the film displays the the quality of the music, and we're hoping that that the film will bring it to a wider audience, you know? Yeah, yeah, of so. course. What
3: did they think of it that
2: Ballymun was It went really well. It was, I was surprisingly kind of uh, uh, nervous, actually. I thought I'd be very relaxed, you know, but I was nervous because the film does tackle the history of Ballymun and you're sitting in a room full of people who grew up there, you know. But it went down very well. I think it's... it's um, it, it it was the most uh, moving screening I think yeah. so far. You know, for for for, for everyone because else. It's
3: beautiful the kids at the end. That's a only yeah. way to end it with the music because they're the future of. Yes, something. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And also the idea for that was to to show them out of context, to yeah. show them just you know, um, with a neutral back, back background. You know, yeah. but all of the, a lot of those. And um, the the choir were there with their families, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it was a, it was a kind of a thank you really to everybody. We tried to to get everybody featured in the film to bring people and to you know, and it was it was a it was a full screening. It was very special, yeah. yeah. It was very special.
1: Mm-hmm. Now they just have to bring their cousins, to the paid versions. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Questions?
4: I, yeah, just going back to actually making the <coughs> documentary because like yeah. you said that it was only kind of in the edit you actually found what you wanted to say with it and I think especially with documentaries that's a reality that like, you know it will only become completely clear at that stage but yeah. like normally you might have a bit more of a focused idea when you're actually making the film and I don't know because I just finished like a 8 minute doc on Fatima and the regeneration out there and it's just one of the things I found is if you're not so clear when you're actually filming the stuff did you not find it hard in the edit sometimes that the focus wasn't quite like you had the interview and you almost had what you wanted from these people, but just because you hadn't been completely certain you just kinda of got got a more general thing, and was it not quite difficult then in the edit to get that across or was it just fine and you had
2: a Um well I interviewed uh, uh I interviewed Ron many, many many times, mm-hmm. you know. And it is I suppose you're absolutely right, it's a journey, you know, and, and it becomes the film comes into focus as as you go along. So I I went with that process, you know you, so the film was was, was happening, or the, it was coming to focus as I was kind of interviewing the the, the participants. You know, uh, I never felt that I was that I was looking for something that I didn't have because if I didn't have it, I would go and get it. You know, and, and uh,
4: So were you building it along the way, like were you actually doing assembly builds along the way?
2: Well, I was cutting sequences just to feel good about myself. Yeah, yeah, just and if you're excited by it, you know, mm-hmm. I was cutting loads of, trying out loads. It's like sketching, you know, trying out loads of different. Ways of of, uh, um, of 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 using the material, you know, and uh, and a lot of the time, like for example, the opening sequence when Father McFerry is to- or not the second sequence when Father McFerry is talking about Ballymun and today and saying it's not necessarily any better, you know, those shots, those static shots, I, ha- I had those uh, fairly early on, and I was pretty sure that, that that they were going to stay like that. I was really ha- happy with that, you know. But I think that, that those type of that type of thing gives you a lift, doesn't it? You know, it makes you feel. Uh, um, yeah, I'm feeling good about this, this is going to start coming coming together, you know Well you need to when you're, you've are you got no money to make, you need yeah, to yeah. encourage yourself Yeah, you encourage yeah. yourself, exactly, yes yeah. I
0: just have to ask a question, Frank, about like the character of Ron, because I loved him, I thought he was a great character, I'm just kind of interested like, in broader like about documentary directors and their characters, like, you know is there any part where you kind of are manipulating him or he's doing things that you want to do. And the kind of, I'm just interested to hear about the, the sort of tension and the relationship between you and him because obviously he's a real person and, and kind of, yeah, how, how did that journey go with, with Ron?
2: Yeah, I, I think that, that there, there's always manipulation, but I think that's generally in the edit. You know, I think that in the moment you, 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 you've established a relationship and you have to be kind of... um. Uh, very clear about that and you know you have to be you have to trust your relationship with him you know and, and I had a very good relationship with Ron I, I, re- I respected him enormously I would spend a lot of time with him and I, I we got to know each other quite well and I would ask cheeky questions and I would push him a little bit but he'd know that because we'd know each other you know mm. getting the material like that it was a reflection of our own relationship really and it was a reflection of the, of the honesty that we had and he trusted me but in the edit suite is really when you, because he did say things to me that were very revealing and I didn't use them, you know. It's in the edit suite that you kind of, you have to make these hard decisions because you, you're, you're, you've already, you know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, if you have a good relationship, then, you know, you're going to, and if you have, a, if you have trust, you, you know, you're going to get all manner of material But that brings me back to the
1: question I asked you, about did you feel obliged to... Because you said you didn't use that material. Mm. Do you think... And obviously you had no money and you had to edit it yourself. Do you think you just... Would you benefit
2: it with an... If you had money, would you have pumped it into an editor? I I don't think so, because I wouldn't want to have been talked out of it, I suppose. Um, It was, uh, you know, the type of material that that I'm talking about was kind of sensitive and it, it was a no... It wasn't relevant. It was a no-brainer Okay. Um, in terms of whether I, I, I would use it or not. I like the idea of... Uh, I, I like the process. You see, editing myself is part of the process. You go out, you film something, you come back and you play around with it and, yeah. and you, you, you try different uh, sequences out and, and sitting there with the images and the material and, and cutting stuff together until it excites you uh, and spending a long time that probably... Th- uh, longer than you would ever have in a professional uh, yeah. edit suite to to really explore it is 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 a process that I find very satisfying, you know, and just just what I get out of it, really, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I don't know if I'll continue to to work. Who knows, you know? But for this film, I found it. I would go out and film, and come back, and put the tapes on the table, and and just piece it together, you know. But I know what you mean in terms of having somebody there going, well, maybe, friend, this might work in this way, and surprise you. You know, I know what that's you mean. That's what your wife was for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. Did um, d-
0: um, d- did Ron fancy the teacher?
2: No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's just very, very cheeky like that. Really? Yeah, 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 I think so. Well, you see, we shot it on, on standard def. We shot it, uh, when we started it, um, we just used Kevin's camera, and we stayed, stayed with it, and then DSLRs came along, and everything, all the quality went through the roof, you know, but we were still shooting on standard def, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to change it, mm-hmm. and then when I spoke to Eugene McChrystal, I told him we shot on a DVX-100, and he goes, oh yeah, I know it, and then he ran me back and said, you mean the standard version? <laughs> I said, well, well, I don't understand. You know, how, why did you shoot on that? You know, and uh, but I love the camera anyway. But we, I didn't want to change it, so we stayed. It looks so it. retro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, it's already retro. You know, but uh, uh, I like the camera. I like the camera.
1: Yeah. yeah, but you're right though, because we've moved so quickly into mm. the SLRs, and you're looking at them, and it confuses you. But this is, you know, where you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah. You're, it's not deceptive. You're exactly. Not like a
2: 35. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly.
1: <laughs> Which is charming. Yeah, it, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon we're going to go back to high eight.
2: I think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody made a so, feature. Somebody made a feature on Super Eight recently over America. Very okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the new thing now. Come so <laughs> back.
1: So, would you do anything different now? Because we're talking about the editors and all that. In hindsight, what have you? Perhaps anything different, or what you've learned from the experience of mm. getting to.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would probably, I would probably have, if I was to do it differently, I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to know actually. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough question because it's, it's very much a, a, a film that was made with no, with no money, and we kind of just, you, know, you, you every, every, every step, step of the way is part of the story of the film. Do you know what I mean? A story of, or, or part of the journey of the film the next film I make, I'll definitely make it differently, you know. Mm. I'm not, I, don't, I don't think i am going to repeat it like that, mm. you know. It's hard to know. I'd, I, I'd probably... To be honest with you, I'd probably film a little more, maybe. I'd probably uh, do some... You know, I was over in... I um, had a, com- a panel discussion in, in New York, and this, this cameraman, he shot um, some kind of monster, you know, that, that Metallica film. Mm. And uh, he's also a director, and he also teaches in NYU. And he said, uh, you know, a lot of uh, students now they go out and they make a documentary and they spend all day every day with their subjects you know. and he says they, they, they film them all day because they want to capture life and then they, they say okay see you for breakfast <laughs> uh, and uh, he said imagine that was your friend you know you were friends with somebody and then you you, uh, you, you spent all day with them and then they said okay see you for <laughs> breakfast you know. and he said there's a lot to be said for going away and coming back in terms of a, a, a relationship with your, with, yeah. your with, with your subjects you know and it made me think about Batting One a little bit, because I, uh, you know, I do think that going away and coming back actually helped my... Because Ron was always happy to see me. Yeah, oh, was back he wasn't Yeah, yeah, he wasn't fears. like... Yeah, yeah. And um, so I wouldn't want to... Do, I, I would definitely use that process again, even though I wasn't really aware of it, you know. Um, but I would definitely hope to be in a position where I could film more. Uh, you know, I've obviously, I couldn't film as much uh, as I would like, because of the fact that I wasn't being paid to make the film,
1: you know. And, uh. So are there specifics you're talking about? You're, you know, were there scenes that you would have liked to have... Well, obviously, there's some scenes in there that may have benefited by having more cameras. So yeah. When you're doing the big helix thing
2: and yes. stuff like that, it's yes.
1: difficult to cover it in one camera. Yeah, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah, that's true, that's true. I think um, uh, having more cameras would definitely be a benefit. <laughs> uh, absolutely, you know. I would
3: have given a different... I, I like the... Because it was a community kind of feel to Yeah, yes.
2: that's true. Yes, yeah, yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Well, that's where the, the film has its roots, you know, and yeah. that type of work, you know. It's hard, to, uh, just it's in it's the hard. context of one. those live things, because I don't have
1: any experience, but you know how you caught the cat, the lady as she left, which see, really sums up yeah. the film's, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, where she's like,
2: yes. I can't the remember
1: a comment, but it was the, something about.
2: one Yeah. The yeah. the future. Is. The children, yeah. It, it sums yeah. up yes. the essence. Yeah. It's funny, because it goes back to your question, like, whenever I felt I needed something, it it was there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm actually not sure how true that is, what I just said about filming more, because I always felt that I had, uh, that whatever the film needed, I I had, you know, that kind of comment, you know. Um, So, it's very hard, because uh, it's not really about what you would do differently, it's about what you get. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you, you go out with with a camera, and then you, you see what you um, you see see what you come back with, you yeah, know. For sure. I think what I do actually, my um, now that I have thought about your question, a sorry, more, I was just sorry. Yeah, no, not there, at all. It it's, a great, it's a great question. <laughs> but I think what I do more is I would employ that uh, approach of trying to capture life more. I would, uh, I, 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 I think that was the most they're the most satisfying mm. moments in in the film. That's. And they're the most yeah. satisfying moments for for, for me. Is, is you yeah. know I will definitely do more do more of that. Try and you know for example there are moments in the film where at the beginning the the, the um, participants are, are are walking through frames. You know when I'm introducing each character and their setup. Um, I'd like to try and move away from that kind of filmmaking uh, more and to try and capture more reality. Yeah. You know get get closer to that type of yeah. of of of. Uh, of, of
1: moment, you know. Sure. Uh, the I, film, by the way, sorry, because we didn't clear that up, it's yes. on releasing the IFI uh, yes. and Cineworld That's as right. of
2: the 16th. That's, That's right, right. Yeah. yes. yes. So so spread the word. Spread the word if you can. Sorry?
1: Yeah. Yes, go for Oh, wait well, Come back to you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that one. technical one, though. Yeah. I'm
3: sure.
1: just
2: wondering, how, did you have to make a leap from, say, from your everyday shooting and sound to make it into the cinema? Did you find technically there was any Any crossover between what you had to capture it and what the cinema demanded? Yeah, um, well, in terms of quality, you can't increase the the image greater than what it is, but you can give it a nice grade, and we had a lovely grade. um, It was up-res to to, to high def and... um, Eugene McChrystal did a beautiful grade on it, and then he transferred it to uh, DCP, which is a digital cinema print, and um, it's there it is, up on the big screen. And it holds, I think, the picture quality holds really well on on, on the and big screen. And I think screen. the sound as well is really strong. Yeah. It's a lovely sound. Was yeah. that um, through your microphone, or did they enhance it a lot? Did they do a lot of work with Yeah, that that was a, uh, Lucky Butler in Wimble Lane did did uh, did the sound mix there, and uh, it was a nightmare for him because yeah. the way we the way we filmed was just microphone yeah. on shoulders and. Radio mics. Radio mics. It was just me and Kevin. There was nobody else uh, on the crew. So it was uh, a lot of work on on the sound, a huge amount of work. And, uh, you can tell that it's really rich. Yeah, yeah. He did a great job. Yeah, he did, he did, did a great job, job I think. Yeah. Thanks. You know you
0: know what I... Because it's a while since I've seen it now. It was like July or something. But what I loved about it was I was still wondering about what those characters are doing. And I think that's a really it's kind of like a universal theme of, like, you know, they're Ballymun's children, but they're sort of Ireland's children. They're our children. You're mm. kind of wondering, like, you know, there's such wonderful children there, and you're kind of wondering, you know, they have so much potential, and then some of them just, you know, you know that they just won't make it. And, and you kind of, you always wonder, like, and I'm still wondering, and I'm sure, yes. maybe you could do a Ballymun too. I know, I know. You're not, you not know, the first person to happens, say that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you know, when they grow older? But I think mm. it's it's a kind of a a universal theme of like you know that lovely moment in life isn't it when they sort of engage with something that they're really good and then later on maybe because of circumstances outside but it's a really kind of nice bubble that they're in isn't it when they're kind of making music with this wonderful teacher and then you know that the kind of dark forces of the outside world might kind of drag some of them down which is kind of adds a bit more tension to it doesn't it because when you're you see the beauty in it and then you kind of also feel sad because you know that they mightn't they mightn't really really reach their potential to, to do go that. Back in 10 years yeah something. yes yeah it yeah. might be
2: great yeah. yeah yeah well i think the um i think the the uh, the last scene is kind of is a little open-ended like, like that i think yeah. you're, you're left thinking about them and about by one which i think is is uh it works you know yeah. um I think it's a good quality in a film if 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 uh, it's not too tied up, you know. If you're allowed yeah. to invest in it and and yeah. think about it, you know. Uh, yeah, someone said to me uh, about doing a seven up type, uh, you know, oh, going yeah, back yeah, and yeah. following again, but uh, I don't know. But uh, it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great thing for people to say, isn't it? You yeah, know that they want to know low, yeah, what, what what happens. Yeah. So I'm very pleased about that. You know?
1: Well, because the film starts with Ron's statement that some kids slip, you yeah, know, they it's have it's such great. talent and yeah. they just disappear, like. And I, I think that's really poignant then when you see the kids and you think, oh gosh, they're not, it's not, they're not going to reach their full potential because of circumstances that are outside their control, I guess. Yes, yeah. yes,
2: yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it said earlier.
1: Does Ron...
2: Um, what's Ron's opinion
1: on the film? Out of interest.
2: Well, he, 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 um, he loves the film. He loves what's happening. Yeah. I think he has to put on the, uh, on the shelf a little bit his own opinions about himself in <laughs> yeah, it, you know yeah. he's very very uh, he's very he's not he doesn't actually he really, I know he doesn't come across uh, he comes across very kind of gregarious I suppose in a big character but he doesn't like a lot of that kind of attention you know he's quite modest really mm. uh, I think he I think he I mean he he, he loves the film he He. He. he, uh, he see, he's very much he sees it as, as a piece of, of uh, a piece of art or, or he sees it as do you know what I mean he sees it yeah. in that way he says I'm not there I'm not here to to criticise, to criticise it you know yeah. and uh, he very much respects that you know Uh, it's given the Ballyman Music Program particularly with the cinema release a lot of exposure of course you know so he's he's very very pleased about that you know so I've described it as kind of a piece of community cinema you know I think it's probably a a good way of describing because of the process that it it came out of you know Mm. and um, uh, I think there's if we look around there's a lot more community cinema around us you know a lot more People like Ron, uh, uh, in 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 society that that uh, um, are worthy of of of, of uh, this type of attention, you know. And
3: that's what gives it a universal appeal, though, isn't it? Because there must be people in towns everywhere, are yes. just getting on with it day to
4: day. Yes,
2: yeah, do, doing great things, yeah. but no, no one ever hears yeah. about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Ken said that they? the when Ron admits about the kids get to cease class, or whatever about that, and then they kind of disappear because that's really like you know powerful and quite upsetting kind of moment. Like, there's a few moments in your film where you kind of allude to those things and the people who drift away or lose by the way. So did you ever actually think of <coughs> trying to talk to any of them, asking them why they left or anything? Because you, you kind of continue on the positive momentum of this thing and mm. some people are being lost along the way but we're just heading along mm. in this film. Did you think of actually trying to find those people who you're losing or was it just better to stay with this story?
2: Well, I... The... Um Again, that was a kind of a a a decision that you that you make a, as you go along about w- what the film needs um What I did at the beginning was tell the story of Ballymun that we know that we're mm. we're we're familiar with, mm. which is the underprivileged the drugs that you know and If I had an instinct early on, a strong instinct, the first one would have been that there's more mm. in Ballymun there's there's you know the ninety percent or more of of the families in Ballymun aren't affected by drugs you know. So, if I was to focus on anything, it would be, well, that story exists, that story's been told a lot. Why not, um, why not tell the other story? It's a wonderful community. Don't they deserve to have uh, another side for, of, of Ballymun portrayed? So, I kind of resisted that notion because I felt that Ron saying it and describing it to us and its presence in the film was enough, I suppose. you know. And the story that I wanted to tell, the instinct that I had... Was early, on. I stuck to that one. I stuck to that early on, you know. It's
3: almost a given, isn't it? That that's what everybody's um thinks, yes, yeah. About
2: I think it's 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 some it's it's almost harder. I know it's kind of you see, the thing the reason why it's it's perpetuated this um, Ballymun has uh, this perception of Ballymun has 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 lasted for so long is because you go out to Ballymun and it's quite glamorous in a way in documentary terms to film <laughs> the deprivation, you know, yeah. and uh it's kind of harder to make a positive film, I think, you know, and um, because there's always that temptation of, of uh, going somewhere dangerous and capturing something, you know, and, and uh, not that there's anything wrong with that either. I think that these, these things, like the problems of Ballymun need to be discussed, you know, and they're still, they're worse than ever, and that's, I'm not denying that at all, you know, but my focus early on was to, um, I mean, we walked out, we, we, we did go to some very dangerous places that we walked every foot of the place over the years that we were there but it was a very conscious decision to to, to, to show uh, positivity and to show uh, to reflect uh, the great things you know and I'm not denying the other side of, of it but to, to do justice to what I was witnessing and what, what I was feeling more importantly out there you know
3: is that something in documentary filmmaking that you have to make a choice because obviously when you start off the other stories can spring up and you mm. can get distracted and drawn off into yes. so you have to kind of Push through the yes. story. So, so, would you storyboard it then in the same way as a, as a screenplay or have an idea of beginning, middle, and end?
2: Yeah, yeah, sense? yeah. I mean, I think that, sh- that there is um, a sense of, in, in do- documentary, there is that sense of, of construction in, in, in the edit. You know, I don't think you're presenting a reality, but it is a construction. Yeah. And I think that you're, you're um, uh, you know, what you have to do is be early on, be clear about what it is the film is about. And that is true, to you and honest, and then your construction later is serving that truth and that honesty, even though it may not necessarily be strictly as actuality, uh, as things happened in actuality. Uh, So I was very clear about those, and so so yes, there was a lot of things out of sequence, and it's constructed a bit like a screenplay in some ways. You know, do you know what I mean? A little bit. It's not quite like that, but there there's um. You know, there's like Ron would say something in in a, in a studio interview, and I would take that piece of audio and place it at a particular point. That would mm-hmm. that 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 would be impactful, mm-hmm. but it would also be serving the truth. You know, serving the story. That is that is. Do you know what I mean? So, because mm-hmm.
3: yeah, there was that feeling that you stood back, and you weren't pushing us in any direction to yes. feel, think, or hear. Yes, yes, it was just letting it unfold.
2: Yeah, that was another. Uh, that was another conscious. Uh, decision um to not to make it too uh not to get in the way i suppose you know but also to frame it in such a way that there's a storyteller you know yeah. uh, and uh, and that was where that idea of just letting the camera roll came from you know and then let you know so so you would ha- you would be a storyteller you'd set up a, a particular shot you know and then you would they pass by. yeah you let life so but the, the film is is real life but it's being framed and it's being told by by somebody you know but that, that somebody isn't a, a, an imposing voiceover. And the idea that, you know, and, and all the community videos that, that myself and Kevin had done over the years, we rarely moved the camera mm. because the idea is that I wanted to get away from video production, Yes. you know, and, and to, to, to use composition. We never had fancy cameras, but we had a frame mm. and we had depth of field and you would use composition uh, as, as your film, filmic, primary film, filmic technique. And... Yeah. and uh, And if you captured strong images and nicely composed images and cut them together they would have a cinematic power and that was very much the style that that we brought in, uh, in in into this. The camera hardly moves at all in in, in Lullaby You know, yeah. so it's apart from the walking sequences. Apart from the walking sequences, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that was, yeah, which we're all about. Uh, uh, but that was that was also a kind of a nice. I felt that that was a uh, that was a nice uh, uh, juxtaposition. It was very yeah. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize so. Kevin was making the community videos with
1: you. Yes, as well. yeah, oh, yeah. So it's the same team. So yeah, yeah. Great. So it was the yeah.
2: two of us for for years and years. We made community videos and. We went to Belarus once, and we, we together, and we we, uh, we made a community video about um, inner city flat complexes and uh, uh, education themes of education and charities. We made um, ones for, and but they were all little little documentaries. They were, I was very much they're not anything that you'd submit to a film festival. Sure. But they they all they were the most satisfying work that I was doing because they all had a very uh, uh, worthwhile theme. And they're always big themes, but very local stories, and I really like working that way. You know? And
1: will this, because we're going to the future, will this inform your decisions now into the future, or will you continue in this kind yeah. of looking for similar themes? And
2: yeah, I, I, I definitely, fi- I definitely feel that working um, on small local stories with 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 big themes, universal themes, is is. Uh, uh, I'd like to continue doing that, you know. Which I've been, I have been doing it for years in the in the community videos. I'd like to pursue that. I'm working with a community group with them or they're actually a national group of of um, who work in the in different communities on youth mental health, and I'm researching a project with them. And is with this with a documentary? You see, uh, I I don't. I mean, my, my feeling is that I don't see them as being worlds apart, documentary and drama, I, in this way. I think that if, if you're engaging with communities and you're looking at social issues, the, the, the question is not, uh, what would you like to make next a drama or documentary? The question is, what theme would you like to tackle and what is the best way to tell the story? Sometimes workshopping maybe a, a story with, with members of, of the community might be the best way. A, a, a drama might be the best way. A subjective story from somebody's point of view might be the strongest way to communicate this, this particular theme or or um, uh, sitting down and, and uh, uh, talking to people's real experiences and uh, you know depends on the th- on the subject matter it's not really uh, my primary concern is not really whether i'll do a drama or a documentary next it's really the t- the territory that i'd like to to, to, to work in mm-hmm. you know and what 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 um what it's tackling i i, I have i have two projects that i'm re- research, actively researching and one of them i think is best suited as a, as, a, as an observational documentary which is another musical theme and then uh, uh, the other one, um, I'm considering workshopping as a community uh, drama piece. So, um, it's early days for both, though, but, you know. Well, we hope you get funding for them. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we won't edit that out. Send
0: that
1: to film. Yeah, we, we might. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. That was <laughs> r- Thank brilliant. it. My no, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very
2: much for coming. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to SDGI Directors and Dialogue. We would like to thank our sponsors, the Irish Film Board and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. For more information on the Screen Directors Guild of Ireland, visit us at
3: www.sdgi.ie